Welcome to the 121st episode of the Cracked Die Podcast. Look at us go. (sighs) Footloose and fancy free. (laughs) I'm still impressed that, you know, we've done this 121 times. Hello? (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) The fact that we've just like kept a project going this long is pretty impressive. (laughs) Actually, you're not wrong. I know. I remember when we first started this, we were lucky enough to have myself, Haya, and Matt. We had a meeting with an audio editor to try and help us out. And he was like, yeah, if you go 50 episodes, you guys are in for in it for the long haul. And I was like, yeah, 50 episodes. <laughs> and here we still are. I think they was it 10 is the average number of episodes of a podcast. Yeah. Before it dies. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of work into this. I mean, there is. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, the joke is everybody has a podcast. Yeah, everyone has a podcast that lasts 10 episodes. Yeah, not everyone keeps a podcast. (laughs) Not as many people have enough podcasts that have 121 of them. 12 times that. Yeah. Also, huge shout out to Garrett Schultz. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to chat with us nerds while we were starting out. Yeah, us nobodies. It was very funny because we were like, oh, yeah, we'll see you at Gen Con. (laughs) And then that Gen Con never happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One day I'll feel safe enough to go back in public. You know what did happen? A pandemic? Well, that. But also, you guys have been fighting for a while now. Have we? Yeah. A whole five rounds. Four rounds. Sorry. Four rounds. And you've managed to decimate a lot of my fun. You guys made it up to the eighth floor. You fought and killed two Velstrek evangelists. There's still one left. And you are still dealing with some Scarlet Triad thugs, if you will. Twin Talon's been hit a couple times. There's a little little in the yellowy health range. And there's a beardy book reader, as he's been called. And he's been casting. And he was super defensive and cast like Mirror Image and raised some shields and all of these things. But then Knife Sword came in and ruined his fun, popped Cast some black tentacles, has him captured with them. Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. We're not. I got frustrated and I took my ball and went home last week. But now I'm back. I have a plan. It is Twin Talon's turn. Let's see if I can enact this plan. Okay, great. So I would like to take this opportunity to say that if you are not watching Peacemaker on HBO Max, or as I like to call it, Hobo Max, you're missing out. Just the dance sequence that opens the show. Fabulous. Oh my gosh. By this point in time, when this episode actually comes out, the whole season will probably be out or whatever, and it'll be old news. But for a character, when they announced that he was going to have his own show, that I was like, why the fuck would you do that? It's really good. It's because John Cena is actually very charismatic. He can do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, Twin Talon's going to stab this guy. All right. So the Scarlet Triad member directly to my east in the doorway there uh, is going to get a bad case of the stabby stabs. So that's a natural 20. That's a natural 20 to start the episode. Hell yeah. That's uh, that's a 41 is a hit. That's a crit. It's actually a hang on, hang on, hang on. It's a single crit. Okay. Oh, no, it's a double crit. So you can draw two crit cards and pick the one you want. Okay, I will. So I can either do Gusher, the target takes 1d6 persistent bleed damage, still does uh, double damage, or Punctured Lung, crit effect. The target is suffocating until subject to magical healing. I don't know that they are going to live long enough for either one of those to matter, (laughs) but I like the thought of the Punctured Lung. It's very, like descriptive like it's like a it's got that kind of like precision thing that twin would do yeah you'd just get in between the ribs and puncture along you just want me to have to pull up the suffocation rules sean you see right through me (laughs) (laughs) all right so it's 60 damage jeez and i'm gonna put the thing on him where he takes extra damage from my future attacks all right he is still alive and suffocating okay well that was your first action yeah, so I think uh, they're going to get another stab from me and we'll attack again. Okay, that works. Would you believe I got another natural 20? Oh my goodness. No, I wouldn't. I didn't, I didn't. I was asking if you would believe it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. <laughs> okay, I got a 14 for a 31 on my second attack. 31, and is this person flat-footed to you? Yes. Uh, 31 is still a regular hit. 
Okay. Am I the only one that assumes everything is always flat-footed to Twin Talon? I do the same, honestly. I mean, that's a very safe assumption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it really is. So second attack does 36 damage. Okay. He's still alive. Okay. Taysani's going to take her one action and beak him. That is a 25 to hit. Doesn't matter. Yes, that's a hit. Okay. So that is 10 damage from Taysani. Get him, girl. He's still up. Yes, he is. Okay. Just blood is gushing everywhere out of this person. Okay, so Brianna's going next, and then they're going to go. You have one more attack. No, I have one more action, Sean. I'm not going to fall into the trap of making a third attack. <laughs> what I am going to do, though, is I am going to try to demoralize Beardy McBookreader over here. Okay. So that is an intimidation check. Versus his will DC, right? Uh, I think that's correct. This never works, but if it does work, it gives him a negative to like everything. So it's worth a try. I mean, why not? Uh, 23. That doesn't make it. Okay, I'm good. Hiya. It is your turn. Let's see. Let's see. What do I want to do? Turn against your friends and stab Twin Talon. I could. I could. That could be fun. No one would see it coming. <laughs> that is that is very true. I do see that he's engaging in this Scarlet Triad member here. So I'm going to attack once. Sorry, I'm debating things because I still haven't decided if it's a good idea or not. Because I know I want to swap out my shield, but I don't remember if that's all three actions to put it away, grab the other one. I think it probably would be two actions to do that. It would definitely be two. All right, so let's say I do a swap a Rooney and a strike. Swap a Rooney and a strike. Ooh, how's a 36? That's a critical hit. Hell yeah. Good job. Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Boo. guys. Armor damage. The target's armor also takes the damage. Apply the armor's hardness normally. Und den? I forgot it was a crit for a second. I was like, wow. <laughs> They take 38 points of damage. Would you like to describe your kill? Knowing Brianna, she'll probably, you know, step forth and seeing an opening kind of spin and swing and rend this person's head off their shoulders since, you know, she does favor a scimitar and that's what they're good for. Slashing. Et voila. Great. So I have switched your shields for you, by the way, Brianna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just so you know, your new shield has 32 hit points, has a hardness of eight and a break point of 16. Is that the Dragon Slayer shield? That is the Dragon Slayer shield. Cool. It also has resistance 18 from fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that stack with her five from the ring? Yep. Cool. All right. That's it for you. Actually, that's it for me because my guy died. Sorry. He's dead, Jim. You've got other dudes. What a beardy McBeard face. Or the other Scarlet Triad member who's standing right next to the first one. There you go. <laughs> well, he's prone, so he's going to stand up as his first action. I wish I had a tax opportunity. He's going to slide over to where his friend was and then attack Twin Talon with a flail. That's a three on the die for a 21. That is a miss. Good turn. Great. So <laughs> next up is Beardy McCaster. He is going to spend all three actions because you killed his summoned creature. So he is no longer quickened. I mean, he is, but he can't use it for anything. He's going to cast a wall of force. Oh, boy. Is he grabbed by the tentacles? He is. Can he do that while he's grabbed? He has to make a flat check or the spell is lost. That's uh, a DC five, right? Yeah? I don't know. I just know it says you must make a flat check or it is lost. Okay. Let me just look. If you attempt to manipulate, you must succeed at a DC five flat check or it is lost. Okay. So DC five. How could I fail this? Ah, boo. Oh, gosh. It's an 11 up to 50 feet long and 20 feet high. So an invisible wall appears. <laughs> I, was say, I guess it doesn't really appear. An invisible wall appears. Say that again slowly. So just so you know, you can attack the wall. It has an AC 10, hardness of 30, and 60 hit points. It is immune to critical hits and precision damage, Matt. What it's not immune to, though? What? Getting ton punched in the fart box by tentacles. <laughs> that? Jeez! That is a sentence. Jeez! The wall blocks physical effects from passing through it, and because it is made of force, it blocks incorporeal and ethereal creatures as well. 
teleportation effects can pass through the barrier, as can visual effects, since the wall is invisible. Wall forces immune to counteracting effects of its level or lower, but the wall is automatically destroyed by a disintegrate spell of any level or by contact with a rod of cancellation or a sphere of annihilation. Right. If the wall is in the area the tentacles are just like flailing around in, they, it just takes damage every turn. They'll beat on it. Just like this guy didn't get out of the tentacles, so he's just going to get tentacled as well. Yep. All right. Rob, roll 1d6, please. 3d6. Any creature you succeed at, it takes 3d6 bludgeoning damage. Whenever a creature ends its turn in the area, and blah, blah, blah. So 3d6. Wait. Any creature you successfully, it takes 3d6 bludgeoning. Whenever a creature ends its turn in the area, the tentacle cre attempt to grab that creature, if they haven't already, and they deal 1d6 bludgeoning damage to any creature already grabbed. Okay. So since it's already grabbed, it's only 1d6, yeah. Okay. Out of one, a two, a three. Three. Three shall be the number, and the number shall be three. Okay. Three damage to Casty McBeardy Face. Soraya, it is your turn. Does it do 3d6 to the wall? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead and roll 3d6, Rob. Okay. Nine. Nine. All right. So it has a hardness of 30, which means the hardness is reduced by nine. The nine is reduced by 30, so it doesn't do anything. I didn't realize its hardness was so high. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, now it is Soraya's turn. Woof, okay. The dwarf guy is still alive, barely? Or is he dead? Barely alive. <laughs> okay. And there is a dude. He's caught. Okay, I can see the tentacle aura. There's a lot of overlapping auras <laughs> happening. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, so I'm going to move in right above Ooh and next to Knife Sword. Can I still target the guy that's grabbed? Do we know where the invisible wall is? No, it's invisible. But wall blocks physical effects from passing through it. So you can't physically go through it unless you destroy it. Okay. So clearly I have not, I assume, because you didn't stop me from moving. Correct. And I'm guessing we don't really even really know what he cast, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we don't know that there's an invisible wall there. Boo. I'm going to sling the guy that's right in front of me. So I'll move, I'll load it, and then I will try and hit him with it. All right. Oh, 27. We'll hit. Okay. Uh, so the damage is not much, but then he also has to save against the poison. Uh, so he takes one point and he makes a fortitude save. PC 29. 27. Cool. So he takes 1d10 poison and is enfeebled one. And the maximum duration is six rounds. So he takes seven poison and he is enfeebled one. And next round, we will see what happens. Don't like that. I do. Okay. Ooh, it is your turn. Ooh is annoyed this person next to her, so she's going to swing. Okay. 29. Will hit. Yes, it will. 21 damage. Okay. Still standing. Oh, good. We swing again. <laughs> 25. Will hit. Ah, 17 damage. Still standing. <laughs> so we swing again. Ooh. <laughs> this is where I will take my hero point, because I have not forgotten. New hero point. New session, new hero point. Yep. 24. Jeez. Will hit. Yeah! <laughs> yes. <laughs> and who pulls off the hat trick? 19. Please describe your kill. She's got her battle axe. She takes a strike like a baseball bat right across his head. Locks her right off. Woo! There it goes! As it dies, it also dissipates into a blue flame. All right. Oh, ooh, you're going to take two points of bleed damage, but then you save with a 16, so you are no longer bleed. Sweet. All right, back to Knife Sword. We're going to place a fireball right where we place the tentacles. I don't know if you can. Also, sorry, thought. It's a wall, so we would still see where the tentacles are either flattened or beating up against it, would we not? That's fair. Okay, then I'm not putting a fireball in it can't go through the wall. So you could throw it, but it wouldn't actually hit. And I'll be nice enough to tell you that. He's not throwing the fireball, though. I think that's the flavor text. But essentially, you pick a point and fireball erupts there. You don't throw it. Okay. So if it blocks spells going through it, then sure. But if it doesn't, then I don't think it works. It says it blocks physical attacks. Physical effects from passing through it. It says a roaring blast of fire appears at the spot you designate. All right, that's good enough for me. Yeah, so if anything, it would actually stop it from hitting us. That's true. So uh, it's a DC 28 reflex save. While you're entangled and flat-footed. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. No big deal. 30. Okay, and then I'll roll the damage. Is that right? Yes, please. 17. So I take half of that, or eight points of damage. Okay, and that took... 
two actions. So for my last action, no, that takes two actions. Magic missile probably couldn't get through the wall. No, because that specifically like streaks from you toward them, and it would impact on the wall. Assuming that we understand what the wall is or that it's there. Well, he said that we could see the tentacles slapping up against it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to cast Detect Magic on the spot where the tentacles are slapping up against nothing. Would that not make it glow for me? Yes. Oh, no, I can't. That's two actions. Never mind. I'm just going to hold on to my action. Okay. Twin Talon. Okay. So Twin Talon will look to Brianna and be like, you got this guy? And I'll point to the dwarf. I got him. Twin Talon says, great. And then he disappears in a puff of smoke. I, what? And then he reappears in a puff of smoke right next to Beardy McBookface. Sorcery. Cape of the Mountebank, baby. <laughs> yeah, so he'll bamp over there, and then he will stab this guy. Bamp. Go ahead. That is a 39 to hit his flat-footed, entangled wizard AC. Holy shit. That's a crit. Okay, great, 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 great. I'm sorry, did you say wizard AC? What is, what is wrong with, what, why, why? Looks like wearing cloth. Like, he's not heavily armored, I mean. Yeah, okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> Guarded strike, gaining plus two circumstance bonus to AC until the end of your next turn. Great. So that makes my AC a 31 for a little bit. Let's do some damage, right? So that's 70 damage to him. Oh, God. oh my God, okay. Welcome to the pain train. And I will hit him with uh, debilitating strike to get precise debilitations, which is my plus 2d6 damage. Oh, Jesus. Yep. So it's two actions to teleport one action to strike him. I'm still concealed in smoke. However, I am ending my turn in the tentacles, which I did understand I was going to have to do. So, Knife Sword, you have to attack me. Okay. Well, first off, he has to make a grab check against you. Right, but it's a spell attack roll. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, 36. Yeah. Okay, so 36 will hit. Uh, my DC was at 30. So I get grabbed by the tentacles, and they do 3d6 damage to me. Now, I do have a question about that. Yes. I mean, I'm concealed, but I guess the tentacles don't see. They just kind of grab all the over place, though. If I was the GM, I would say that wouldn't matter. I'll punish you with your own call. Yeah, because I mean, the tentacles aren't looking for me. They're just grabbing anything that's in the area. So they probably grab the bed and everything else, too. Yeah. They grabbed everything. This might have been a mistake. Oh, no. All right, that's 10 damage to me. Brianna, it is your turn. Also, Taysani gets to go. Do you hate Brazilian people? Is that what your problem is? Wow, Sean. Wow. Wow. That's racist. I feel like called out for no reason. <laughs> and she rolled a 19 to attack the Scarlet Triad person, so I don't think she hits. She does miss. Okay, that's fine. Is it my turn then? Now it is your turn. Okay, just making sure I'm not racist against Brazilians. Okay, good. <laughs> so as promised, Brianna is going to take a step forward so she can see her friends. Hello, everybody. Hi. And she is going to hopefully finish off this here Scarlet Triad Dwarf. Let's see how we do. I'd really like it if you didn't. How's it? 24. That's a hit. Cool, cool, cool. For 17 damage. Would you like to make another attack? Because it's still alive. Sure. Why not? Ugh. I feel like I should give you my hero point. I'll take it. What do you guys think? It's your second attack. It's not your third. And they're going to go next after you if you don't. So. Yeah. Yeah. So safe bet. All right. I took that hero point. Excellent. How's it? 25 instead. Not much better. That's a hit. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> okay. Take some, good Lord, 20 damage. Now, would you like to describe your kill? She probably will will continue the, the trend and, and also liberate him from his uh, his head off of his shoulders. Yeah. So, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> don't need this anymore. How are you feeling, Sean? It's my turn. What am I going to do? Not cry. Stop <laughs> crying, Sean. I'm still crying in Pathfinder. Your face will run. Why are you crying? Don't cry for me, Shantina. <laughs> True. Truth is, we never left you. I hear Sean's brain melting from here. I think he's trying to think of how to murder me. I think he realized he's also boxed himself into a corner. I was trapped in here with you, but you're trapped in here with me. Okay, <laughs> Rorschach, okay. <laughs> uh, I had a plan and then Matt messed it up. Hello. <laughs> I just want to put it out there that Twin Talon has, I think, zero items that you haven't given us. Like, aside from maybe his armor, like the base leather armor, everything else on my sheet is stuff that we've picked up over the last 11 levels, so. Yeah, as in like campaign loot. Okay, I am going to cast a spell, and they disappear. I suppose we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, for now. Uh, you still have to make your flat check, don't you? He do. 
That's a three on the die. Ah! Oh! <laughs> three will not do it, sir. Oh, Sean, I'm so sorry. Oh, that was it. That was his one way out. Then with his last action, probably of his life, he's going to cast shield. That's his turn. Soraya. Well, if there's still an invisible wall of force, there's not a whole lot I can do. So, uh, I don't know. I'm assuming that the wall is like here, like right in front of him. And I don't have anything to my knowledge that will let me bamf to the other side like Twin Talon. Does anyone need a healing bomb? I think Twin Talon's not looking too hot. Well, he's also on the other side of the wall. Rob, roll me a d6, by the way. I'm sorry, Christine. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what to do. I've been like staring at my entire sheet. Five. I don't know if it picked up on the microphone, but I could hear it from here that Sean just sighed real deep. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, the 90 some odd damage I'm going to do to him next turn is going to be way worse than the five he just took. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could like, we already figured out what the demon things were. I guess I could try to recall knowledge on this guy or like what he's doing to figure out what he might have to do with this, but everybody else is dead. You can also just delay if you want. Yeah, I guess I'll delay in the event that the wall comes down and he is still alive. All right. Ooh. Again, that wall's up. There's nothing really much that we can do. I guess Ooh's gonna be a something something and start looking around the room. Why not? All right. I will make a secret perception check for you. <laughs> well, thanks. You're welcome. This room seems empty outside of scorched marks of where the demons disappeared. All right, then. Well, can't do much here. Guess I'll walk to the other room. All right. Can I walk in past Brianna through the hallway to the other room? Yeah. All right. That's where I'm going to go. Makes sense. There are a bunch of people tied up in here. Stevedores, if you will. And two bodies of Scarlet Triad members. What are Stevedores? Dock workers. I had to look it up, too. That's the only reason I know what it is. Hey. Oh, boy. All these people who want to be saved, and look at me, I'm their only savior. I mean, I'm really not, but I guess I am right now because everyone else is worried about something else. <laughs> oh, Lord, what will I do? Guess I'll leave the liberating for somebody else. I'm gonna leave there, start walking down the hall. <laughs> okay, I think that's the end of my turn. All right, knife sword, it is your turn. Is that guy still alive back there? Yep, gotta finish them off. Let me see, throw another fireball. I could gravity well him into the invisible wall. I think you'd get a lot of people doing that. Well, that's the whole point of gravity well, is to grab as many people as possible. Mm, okay. Well, when you say it like that. Well, when you say it. Also, that wouldn't work because he's immobilized by your tentacles. Oh, I'm really running on fumes here, guys. Sorry, I'm just also imagining like he does crash gravity well and it just like yanks the tentacles like a ferrofluid. fluid. Oh no. <laughs> oh jeez. Is this a concentrated effort? Like, do you have to be in the room in order to watch the tentacles to continue? No, but he can cancel them at any time. Guess you might want to go back to the things on the floor. Out of character, I would really appreciate if you would just wait until my turn is over, because I'm next. So it doesn't hurt me to have the tentacles in place. It actually helps me because he's immobilized and I can stab him better. But once that's done and he's dead, I would like to not get murdered by tentacles. <laughs> it's all the same to everybody else. Also, I got to figure out how the fuck to get out of this wall of force because I don't know if it's going to go away when he dies. I mean, usually cast an effects will. All right, I'm just going to hold my action. Okay, Twin Talon. All right. So I'm going to stab him. Checks out. Yep. Sounds like a thing I'd do. He's flat-footed. Make a flat check. No, it's not a manipulate action. Damn it. I don't have to <laughs> cast stab. <laughs> well, that's a hit. That's a hit. You know what? I'm going to get greedy. I'm going to use one of my hero points. So I should have three at this point. So I'm going to use one of them. Okay. Two. To reroll. Hoping for higher than a six. So that's a 35 to hit. That's a crit. There we go. 41. Momentum. You get a plus two circumstance bonus to all attack rolls until the end of your next turn. Great. Like you need that. Certainly can't hurt. Let's see if he's alive. So normal damage would be 38. So that's 76. Is he still alive? Please describe your kill. Yeah, Tintalan just in a puff of smoke appears and just stabs him really quick twice, once in each lung, and watches him collapse on the ground. Or go limp in the grasp of tentacles. And I'll be like, knife sword, please. <laughs> please stop. <laughs> Actually, with my third action, because it's important, 
to my body. I'm going to try to get out of the tentacles, because that's a thing that you can do if you're trapped by them. They're just going to try to grab me again, but I'm hoping they'll miss. Actually, no, because if I just take the damage, it's 1d6. If I get out and then they get me again, it's 3d6. Oh, never mind. Just punch me once more. And then I'm going to ask you to please stop with the tentacles, please. Wait, hang on. Where are you? I'm very far away. All right, Rob, roll 1d6. One. So, Matt, you take one more point of damage. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to offer to liberate you, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm like 30 feet away. <laughs> and with that, combat is over. So, Rob, is Nightshark going to drop the tentacles, or are you just going to wander off? Well, I didn't get another turn. I don't know how I'm going to drop it. <laughs> in 48 seconds it goes away <laughs> i'll drop it all right yeah in less than a minute the wall of force drops as well it only lasts a minute yeah exactly which twintelon doesn't know but he probably is probing at it for a while before it just disappears and he like stumbles forward <laughs> you're putting all your weight on it and then it goes and you stumble forward yeah, i'm like looking for a weak spot fairly bloodied actually i did i did okay with that yeah my pizza is more than half eaten yeah. I did some damage. <laughs> so if if folks are doing things, Brianna is definitely going to go over to her friend since she did hear, ow, ow, damn it. Stop with the tentacles. That's <laughs> no. no, it. Stop it. <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's go in order. We'll start with Soraya. What would you like to do? I'm going to start freeing the people in the next room and going back to check on the ones that are in the other hallway. Okay, so the room where the Scarlet Trident members are dead? Yeah, across the hall for now. We'll start there because they're right here. Okay. All right. So you head across the hall and start untying captured people. Haya, Brianna's going to go in and start dealing with Twin Talon's terribly beaten up body. Now, I looked up something and we've been doing, shockingly, we've been doing something wrong. That seems not like us at all. <laughs> I know. When you make your healing check, Haya, you have to declare at what level you're rolling at. Okay. And if you miss that level, you don't get to go to the lower levels. Unfortunately, that's lame. I would like to say that while I agree that's the rule, it doesn't make sense with the reason that you get. It really does. Like, she's so good at healing, she could heal more. But that's, I don't know. It just feels weird that, like, I could be good at this, but because I rolled, you know, above what I really needed, but below what I was shooting for. I can't put this Band-Aid on you anymore. It's just, I don't disagree that you're doing it by the rules, Sean, and I'm I'm happy to follow the rules, but I feel like it's counter. But you'll do it in protest. I understand. I'm just, I'm just put it out there. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. I kind of agree as well, but let's do it by the rules for at least this episode, and then we can go back to forgetting the rules. We can go back to house rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can. Well, you know what? I agree. Let's house rule that. So if you miss it, you can do the step immediately below it. Okay, super. And vice versa, if, if I shoot above the lower one for whatever reason. Well, if you decide to go for the lower one, then you get the crit of the lower one. Yep. And if you critically fail, you do triple damage. Got it. Got it. I like it. Ready, Twin Talon? Uh-huh. <laughs> Natural one. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> this is what hero points are for. Okay, so Brianna will be healing Twin Talon. Ooh, what are you going to do? You are slightly tired as your rage wears off. Uh, still excited by the excitement of all the fighting. I'm going to wander my way down to the southeast corridor, and I'm going to start bashing on some doors down there. Okay, sounds good to me. I'll need you to make a athletics check to bash down a door. We'll go to the north. Twin Talon isn't really going to move because he's being healed. While I'm being healed, could I like rifle through the desk or check out this guy's pockets or am I not allowed to do that? Yeah, you're not supposed to be do anything while you're being healed. Okay, that's fine. And then Knife Sword, what are you doing? So while Twin Talon's being healed, can I rifle through his pockets or go through his things? <laughs> My things? My pockets? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So mean. <laughs> if you would prefer, you can search the room and see if there's any fun, cool stuff in there. Well, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll make a private secret roll to let you know what you find. Christine, you don't have to do anything because you are just untying. Haya, if you can roll a medicine check. And Heidi, if you can roll an athletics check, please. Haya, what did you roll? I rolled a 32, so I critically succeeded. All right. So that is 4d8 plus 10 healing. You get 33 points of healing back. Nice. Thank you. 
Okay. Knife sword, as you look around this room and rifle through the body of this person, name, you find the following things. You find a strange key on his belt loop, a... Okay, this is a dumb question. What's a thurible? It's a sensor, like a thing that you put incense in, like you wave it on a chain. Okay, cool. Oh, that makes sense with his image. You see that wrapped around his belt, and he dropped a book. Ooh, can I read it? Like, is it a language I know? Let's see what languages you know. You know a surprisingly large number of languages. There's a big brain on a tiny body here. It's a giant head. (laughs) No, you do not know the language. All right, well, I'll put it in my bag for later. Okay. I'll pick the key. I've got an idea with the key. I could try to ID the key, yeah. So I put it in the chat for you, so you should be able to pick one of those skills and roll it. And there's a second one that's thurible. Okay, so you recognize, after you look at it, you realize that this is a skeleton key. This is a greater skeleton key. Okay. A grinning skull tops the bow of this macabre key. This key can be used in the place of thieves tools when attempting to pick a lock, and it grants a plus two item bonus to your thievery check. If the skeleton key becomes broken due to a critical failure on the check, it works as normal thieves tools and loses the benefit until it's repaired. Also, once per hour, if you attempt to pick a lock but haven't rolled yet, you can use an interact action and the key will cast knock on it for you. Oh, and that's once per hour? Once per hour. I can use knock once per hour. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Because it's greater. If it was the lesser, it would be once a day. All right. I will take that key and I'm going to put that in my pocket and I'll put the book in my bag to look at later. Once we get somewhere where we can relax. Okay. And go ahead and roll for the thurible. Okay. Don't know what that is. I'm going to go see if I can find, take it and find Soraya. Okay. Sounds good. Ooh, what did you roll on your beat the door down roll? Uh, athletics check was a 27. 27. The door splinters open. Are you going to the north or the south? To the north, please. As you splinter the door to the north, you see six beds with bed sheets that have been torn and slowly started to be braided. Cool. I guess I'll walk in and look under the beds. Come here. Don't worry. I killed all the baddies. (laughs) Hello? Okay. So as you peek under the bed, you see six halflings. (laughs) They just see this big green face. (laughs) Yeah. At first they look scared and then they realize that you're not one of the Scarlet Triad members. And a quite robust looking halfling pops out smiles and says, hello. So y'all were not very inconspicuously uh, trying to escape, I can tell. If you just walk out this way and just hang out in the main area right there, I got some friends who will help you out. Just stay right there, though, all right? Uh, yes, thank you for saving us. Don't mention it. No, really, don't mention it. (laughs) This halfling has kind of a Karen haircut, sparkling brown eyes, a wide smile, kind of a green tunic, and like a leather jerkin over top of it. And the other five halflings look a little bit worse for wear, but not as bad as some of the other people that you've seen. Soraya, you managed to untie the captured stevedores here, and they're thanking you so much and asking if you have any food as they've been starved for about two weeks. Jeez. She'll fish out whatever rations she has and, and offer them. Caution them, you know, like, no, no, just eat it slowly, especially if you haven't recently, or you'll just throw it all up again. Little bites, chew them well. They nod, and you see them, like, visibly trying to hold themselves back from just attacking it. But they listen to what you say, and they go slowly. Are they also halflings, or...? No, they're humans, actually. Okay. While you're eating, do you know what, other than keeping you all captive here, what they were trying to do? We stole it from, or abducted us from the Sunset Imports, and they were using us to mine some rocks or talking about moving us somewhere. It was very hard as they would come in here very consistently and start 
feeding us, they say through their mouths of food. So you used to work for Sunset Imports, that's where they abducted you from. They had you mining when you weren't here? Yeah, because we're so strong, but they then thought we were too strong and they thought we might take them out. So they decided to put us up here and um, try and weaken us. Noted. Do you know if there are any more of you? Is there any missing from the group that was abducted? I know there are still other rooms here with captives. Yeah, there's about five more of us somewhere. We're not too sure. Okay, well, you sit here for now, recover, and we'll see if we can gather everyone up and send you all home at once. Thank you. Just nods. For a surge to, like, pat their heads like children. And <laughs> I just shared with you all the image of the man who was Beardy McCaster. His body now lies on the floor between Brianna and Twin Talon. Knife Sword, you bump into Soraya as she is talking to the people out there. Hello, Knife Sword. Hello. Um, I found this thingy. And he shoves the thurible. Did I say it? Yeah. He shoves the thurible at her. All right. Do you know what it is? Nope. Wonderful. I think it's explosive. You look at this and immediately know what it is, because you critically succeeded. Oh, sweet. This is called a Thurible of Revelation Moderate. Okay. This brass sensor dangles on a length of chain. Most Thurible's of Revelation are adorned with swirling celestial text, though some are iron and feature infernal or abyssal text. This one features infernal text. For two interact actions and incense worth at least five gold, you can light the incense inside the sensor and it burns for one hour. During that time, as long as you're holding the thurible, you gain a plus two item bonus to religion checks and any critical failures you roll when decipher writing of a religious nature is a failure instead. Once per day, when you activate the thurible, you can increase its revelations. During the activation, you can hold the thurible up to your eye with an interact action and gain the effects of sea invisibility for one round. Ooh. That is pretty cool. So that's what it is. All right, well, I can't, I can't read it. Unfortunately, it's not one of the languages that I speak, but it does have a number of other useful properties about it. I'm not sure what Brianna would think if we decide to keep our hands on it, but it is a useful little piece. Ooh, and she'll gesture for Knife Sword to come follow her and go look for Ooh because I know Ooh speaks many languages. Knife Sword, the writing on the Thurival is the same as what's in the book. Okay, I'm going to follow her. All right. You see Ooh gesturing and releasing some halflings that are now standing in the middle of the center room. Oh, hello. I found all these little babies here for you because <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for them. <laughs> well, there's some that are, are a little closer to our size in the other room as well. And I'm going to look at the, the one that seems a little more aware and resilient. Just, you wouldn't happen to be the proprietress of the Longroad's coffee house, would you? You see her beam. Ah, yes, I am Laria Longroad. Lovely to meet you. We did find your assistant, one of your employees, but she's uh, she's in safe hands now and uh, we've cleared out that space as well. We may need a little repair, but it's no longer in the hands of the Scarlet Triad. Oh, excellent. Okay, so before we go into some role play with her, I want to just check and see if there's anything else anyone wants to do for the rest of the rooms. I mean, release anybody in the other rooms. Get my golem down the stairs. <laughs> okay, so you find the rest of the stevedores. You release the woman that is chained up next to the dead body. And Laria thanks you and you all head down. She insists that you come to the coffee house and she will explain to you what is going on and offer you a place to rest if you need to. Is this the top floor? Are we done after this? Yeah, this is the top floor. Cool. I am not opposed to a good cup of tea and a good night's sleep. She smiles. You all head back to the Long Road's coffee house. Before we leave, can I ask her, do you know about someone named Laslin? I've heard of the name. I don't know who that is, though. Hmm. There was a Kelishite man here who kept talking and saying we need to take these to Laslin, but that's that's about all I've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know anything about Laslin. Do you know where he was talking about taking whatever to Laslin? Yes, let's, let's head to the coffee house and I will explain everything. Okay, great. We've been cooped up here for long enough. Let's get that treasure, though. Gotta get that booty. <laughs> Do we find anything on those bodies, though? Yeah, you find a plus one flail, three javelins, a chain mail, manacles, average, marked with the symbol of the Scarlet Triad, and keys to the manacles. Is that on both of the dwarves? Yep. And then on Beardy McCaster face, 
You find a dagger, a plus one striking morning star, plus one explorer's clothes, good manacles marked with the symbol of the Scarlet Triad, and keys to the manacles. I've added all of those to your group loot. All right. Thank you. Well, while we're heading back, I will show Ooh the sensor and ask if she can read it. Okay. And she can. Oh, look at that. It's so shiny. I do. We'll cover all of that in a moment. So you head back to the Long Road's coffee house. Laria reunites with her employee who was crying and you see Elianda throw her arms around Laria with a big hug and just a sigh of relief. And, and you hear her say, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to give you away. And, and Laria goes, it's, it's all right. Everything is fine now. Let's get these folks some nice tea or coffee, whatever they'd like. And then I have some things to discuss with them. And Elianda runs off to do that. Laria looks at you and goes, okay, so we have, there's a bunch of our friends and family who have been taken by the Scarlet Triad to some place called the Quarry. My only assumption is that it is Summershade Granite Quarry that is one of several quarries in the Meander Mountains in southern Ravnul, owned by the Jehalto family. And the Jehaltros administer a town called White Rock about 45 miles south of Cantargo, along the banks of the Yoblis River. I recall that the Jarls operate several quarries in the south, but this one specifically, they close down for some reason or another. We would really hope you could go investigate there to see if you can find the rest of our family. I can write you a letter to meet with Canton Jaltero. He's the Baron. I will make sure that everyone who is with me gets home safely and with food in their stomachs. That's all I know. Do you have any questions for me? Where did you say the Summershade Granite Quarry was? What town? It's in the Southern Ravnul by the Meander Mountains. It is right outside of White Rock. Mm-hmm. All right. That sound familiar to you? Just then, there's an awkward sound of falling outside. Like someone tripping upstairs. Oh dear. And then in walks a very confused, very awkward looking Jasper. (laughs) Welcome back. Did anyone ever come back to the school? Yes. Just now? Yes, I've been looking for you. (laughs) You know, you can speak better than that. Uh, They ran to the south and they lost them along a road. And he looks very pleased with himself for being able to communicate all that. He has speech as an ability. He can speak. <laughs> I don't know about that. He just did. I meant, the, you know, like better than toddler level. What's his intelligence score? It's actually pretty good, I think. <laughs> okay. His, his stats are, are nothing to sneeze at. All right. I think, well, we haven't mastered drinking yet. <laughs> you should tell him to turn back and like offer him a mug to like sip out of his crow form. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I don't think he actually has straight up attribute scores, but all of his skills have double digit bonuses. So. So do you have any other questions for Laria? Where's that trapdoor go? It'll point to the one in the southeast of the coffee house. That leads a little bit outside of the walls of the town here towards Cypress Point. Uh, we use that in case of emergencies. I was able to usher a bunch of guests out of it when we were attacked. Unfortunately, I was not among the ones who got out, but... Okay. Now, there was some blood that was over by the ladder that was heading upstairs. I don't think I recall we didn't find out who it came from. Was that during the scuffle with you, or did that come from somebody else? That was probably from the creatures that were here that attacked us. Who attacked you exactly? The Scarlet Triad and Rakshasas. All right. Just making sure... Pat Ooh's arm. Thank you for being so diligent. <laughs> I blush. <laughs> now, I, I think there were some shiny things that I had to read. Something, something infernal. Oh, yes, here. I'll show her the censor. The thurible, as it were. Yeah, you see that there are some prayers to Asmodeus, dealing with praising him and his demons. It's more uh, decorative than, you know, casty or anything like that. They're praising some Amadeus Mozart over here. I'm not really sure what that's about, but that's fine. Yeah, so we could we could probably just buff it out and, and you know not really have it displaying that kind of thing. Just keep it for its usefulness. Yes. 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 Hmm. 
Lovely. All right. And unless anybody else really wants it, um, she'll keep that. What is it? The sensor? Yeah. So um, I'm assuming I'm with them. No? Yes. So when I see uh, Ooh reading it, I'll whip out the book and say, hey, this had some similar scratches in it and hand it over. So I need you to roll a DC 24 crafting check. We are in trouble, kids. How about a 13? Uh, nope. You can read that it is infernal, but it makes no sense to you. I'm sorry, guys. This is some infernal that I just don't understand. Does anyone else speak infernal? No, but I'm going to keep healing Twin Talons. Okay. And uh, if I can read while I'm being healed, then Twin Talon speaks infernal. Yes, sure. Give me a crafting check. 30 to the crafting check. That is enough. So this, as you read it, is called Extra Planar Registry. Anyone who can read it can use this dedicated tome to gain a plus two bonus to recall knowledge about outsiders. But it has a greater value contained within its pages. And there are full details on the following three rituals. Commune, imprisonment, and planar ally. Commune is a level six ritual. You call upon an unknown planar entity to answer questions. This is a servitor of your deity, if you have one, and uses religion. You can ask up to seven questions that could be answered with yes or no. The entity is likely to know answers related to its purview. A servitor of Gozera would likely know about unnatural weather patterns, whereas a servitor of Desno would likely know of someone's travel route. What if you don't have a deity? Then you cannot use it okay you can assist but you couldn't be the lead of the ritual got it the next one is imprisonment with is a eighth level ritual you perform a ritual to imprison a creature in one of several forms while some versions of this ritual offer all of the forms others include only a single form or only a few of them whichever you use the effect can't be countered though it can be ended by freedom some forms of imprisonment can be ended by other means because this ritual requires the target to remain within 10 feet at all time, typically requires you to subdue your target first. And lastly is Planar Ally, which is a fifth level ritual. You call upon your deity to grant you aid in the form of a divine servitor of your deity's choice of a level no greater than double Planar Ally's spell level. While explaining what sort of assistant you need and why you need it, the task, if the task is incredibly fitting to your deity, the GM could rule that your check is automatically a critical success. If the ritual succeeds, you must offer the servitor payment depending on factors such as duration and danger of the task. Okay. I actually already knew Planar Ally. We have that from another a book we found. I don't understand how imprisonment works because you have to subdue them and then it takes a day to cast. So you just have to like punch them in the back of the head for a whole day. <laughs> just keep them unconscious. But okay, 12, so I'll, I'll, I'll leaf through it while Brianna is tending to uh, Twin Town's wounds. I'll be like, well, I mean, it's a series of rituals. Seem to be contacting or imprisoning extra planar creatures. So calling one uh, from an ally or asking a question of one or, you know, imprisoning one. I guess that's why he had the book, because he was summoning devils, right? He was summoning Valsdrex. So maybe that's what it was about. Is there anything else in here other than just these rituals? There are several pages of notes written in Infernal, not only detailing the owner's plans to besmirch the Nadali's diplomats with propaganda, but also explain how the Rakshasas managed to, quote, draw upon the latent traumas of the city, end quote, to manifest undead shades of Brazali. It is clear that Barusha is impressed with his occult magic, even if he doesn't quite understand how the Rakshasas managed it. Okay, well, it, it seems that the Rakshasas that we found upstairs are the ones that summoned those aspects of the Brazier guy who used to be the Lord Mayor of the town or whatever. Does it say, like, why he's doing this? Because in my understanding, like, he had summoned Valstrax, which is what Nadal summons. So is there a reason? Like, this whole thing, like, was very set up via the Scar Scarlet Triad to, it seemed like, to tank the negotiations that were happening on between Nadal and where we are, Cantargo, but this guy had the Velstrex. So was he Nidalese or was he like, what's his deal? Do we do we get that from the book at all or? Yeah, yeah. He was summoning and using them to besmirch the diplomats 
with propaganda. He was also a member of the Scarlet Triad. Okay. So is this something that we could give to our diplomat friend to maybe help him out? You could, or you could also give it to the Silver Council, which is the leadership here, which would also, you know, help them like be like, oh, all of this wasn't from Dahl. But yes, you could do both. Let's do both. Yeah, we can like call a meeting with both of them at once. Okay, I just meant that we already had a relationship with him. And also we could maybe be like, hey, just remember this later. Because maybe maybe we're going to need something later on. <laughs> like, remember, we're your friends. I guess it's like, who do we want to go to first? Do we want to go see our friend first? Let the Nadal diplomat first? Or do we want to go to the Silver Council first? I don't know. Well, what if we do this? I'm going to assume all of your characters rest for the night. And I think that we all should rest for a week and come back and do this again. Before we rest, could we like do other stuff like Brianna repairing her shield or, you know, me filling all of the holes in my body that were made? That'd be very lovely. Well, I'm going to assume at 831 at night on the 29th of Rova. Yes, you can still patch yourselves up and Brianna can take care of her wounds or her weapons and whatnot. Basically, I'm ending the episode and you guys are all going to heal. So. Great. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Cracked Die podcast. Please visit us at crackeddiepodcast.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the Age of Ashes Adventure Path are property of Paizo. Background audio was provided by Sirenscape because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. Additional background music was provided by Tabletop Audio. Visit them at tabletopaudio.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tabletop Audio. This episode was edited by Nathan. Please visit them on Twitter at at EditingNate. Finally, thank you to all our patrons for assisting us in making this. If you would like to join our Patreon, please visit us at patreon.com slash crackeddiepodcast.